this will be the most improvised beginning that there has ever been because I've genuinely not written anything down. We were told to start recording because Josh is trapped in the pits of fast food hell and you know we can't we can't delay this because if we delay it too long Dylan and Austin get a little antsy and just want to not record at all. So here we are. This is the intro. Uh, I'm one of the three hosts this afternoon, Dylan. I've not made up shit, Martin. And this is Austin. Uh, I'm proud to be here, Stevens. And soon we will be joined by Josh, corporate sponsor by Taco Bell Mart. Uh, nope, McMullen. <laughs> We've not been married yet. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? I'm uh, I'm good, man. I'm all right. <laughs> I, I went into this with such a panic because I genuinely didn't expect any of this. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. That's good. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I'h glad. So he, he, he's getting Taco Bell. Uh-huh. We were just talking about Wendy's. Uh-huh. Okay. Best fast food burger. Oh, 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 um. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to make some people mad. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to checkers. Oh, you checkers have made me more mad. Max. What? <laughs> checkers is so... Okay. Austin, when it's fresh. No, 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 no. That is so out of pocket. There is no way that you're even remotely serious. <laughs> no, very much so. I love checkers. When it's fresh, it's fucking awesome. It's fantastic. Um, what about, I mean, what, what, what about you? I'm just trying, I, just give me a minute. Said I'm processing. I, it's, it's so, Austin, that wasn't even in the top 15 of things that I would have thought you would have said. <laughs> That's crazy. What do you think I was going to say, McDonald's? I would have rather you've said McDonald's than fucking oh, chum bucket Nobody eats McDonald's checkers. because it's good. Are you, do you have a fucking autocorrect in your fucking head right now? Because you keep saying the things that you should be saying about checkers. <laughs> Dude, what? I don't know what to tell you, man. I I'm like probably going to make, and here's the thing. I'm going to say King's something. Burger King's a close second. That's fine. I'm going to say something that if you even slightly <laughs> say it's disgusting after your initial pick, we're done. And you have to explain to him. Why this show ended? I it's okay. for us. It's called something different than for some people, but it is a genuine like uh, charbroiled Hardee's burger. If you say, oh, listen, listen, right now, I will <laughs> fucking kick you. Smoke over their food. Sh- even if the fucking ash from that 87-year-old woman's <laughs> cigarette dropped onto the burger, it would still taste better than whatever fucking slime trail was left by that checkers burger that you had. That's a crazy take, dude. I'm not going to lie. What is happening? Carl's Jr. for the other side of the U.S. <laughs> Hardy's is so gross. I... There has to be a middle. I, I guess the middle ground is Burger King because they they it's fine. Burger King's good, yeah. Oh. What's your uh, what's your favorite fast food chicken? Damn, damn that one. Ah uh, fuck, I am a I'm it's a, a hard one, dude. Sellout, man. I'm a. Ooh, is it just fresh, like straight out of the whatever into my mouth? 
yeah, sure. that makes well, it even it be. harder because I am a slut for some Zaxby's, but wrong. What? What? Wrong. If it's anything other than Magoo's, it's wrong. Okay, I didn't see Huey Magoo's is definitely there. I'll give that to you, but I have never not had to go in, so I don't consider it true fast food. I'm just a little bitch, and I don't order ahead. That's anymore. right. They don't have a drive-thru. Yeah. So yeah, that's if that's awful. the case, that. Huey Magoo's is good, but I do love me some fresh Popeyes. Popeye smacks. Popeyes, I feel like, you know, everybody looks at Popeyes uh, next to Chick-fil-A, but, I mean, they hit on different days, man. Sometimes Popeyes just fucking does it. Also, they're open on Sundays. Get a fucking rip, and Chick-fil-A. You know how much money Chick-fil-A would, would make would, alone? I want you to know that Dude, I the after-church lunch service, they... Dude, if Chick-fil-A was open on Fuck Sundays, Chick-fil-A. even for just two hours, from 12 to 10, they would make so much fucking money. Even that, pay your workers overtime. Does Chick-fil-A not do that? I don't know. Probably Fuck not. Them. Anyway, I had an interview at Chick-fil-A once. Here is where we fight. Ready? <laughs> Best yeah. fast food fry. Oh, fuck. Mm. See, That's a tough one. It is. That's a tough one. Chick-fil-A's are up there, man. I'll accept that. I have very particular tastes, though. Like, I like some seasoning on my fries, so you already know where I'm going. Zaxby's? Yep. Zaxby's does. But see, they don't put anywhere near as much seasoning on their fries anymore. You gotta ask for extra seasoning and dap it up yourself. But I shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to, but I get a nice little cup of that shit that when I ask for it, I will load that shit up, shake it up. Oh, dude. I asked for two or three. Yeah, so... I'm like, hey man, as many as you can give me, put it in that fucking bag. What did you say? You said, uh, you said Chick Fil A, so I'll, I'll take that. They have a good, they have a unique fry. They do, man. Yeah. I, I like when you get the ones where uh, they didn't peel the skin off all oh, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like Dude. my people. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Huh? I don't know. I I I might have misheard what you just said, yeah, but like I don't my think potatoes? I like what you said. No potatoes like when i don't peel them all the way okay okay yeah i, I it's definitely like you, misheard you no it's and like I'm, I'm i kind of like elaborate. It, it's fine i kind of like the like the kind of dirt texture mm, just delicious okay. anyway so if not for those two um mcdonald's is an underrated fry no see i feel like it's fucking overrated because it's nothing it? but a fried piece of salt they do. They put so much salt on those bitches. I'm, I'm going to give it to so another fucking much. Burger King, dude. I I can't get with you on that. Well, one. oh, see, but see, it. here I go saying Hardee's, but then you, you know, Burger King fries are the most I bland like, fucking fry. I I like the puffiness of them. Yeah, but like you're just eating starch. Like that's all, you, and that's all you taste. You don't taste anything. <laughs> There's no flavor. There's it's no just substance. air. Like, I don't give a fuck how fluffy it it's is, It's like bro. a potato churro. <laughs> like, I, I need the taste, bro. Uh, what else do we have? What what fa- We've not really spoken about Arby's, but they're they're kind of in, they're like a sandwich shop. Arby's, I feel like, is underrated and yes. gets way too much hate. One of my favorite things to get from any fast food place is from Arby's. It's the Greek gyro. Um, oh yeah, dude, that shit's good. Yeah, that and shit's real good. so 
This might be a travesty, but I've been getting their crinkle fries more than I have the curly fries. That uh, I'm pretty sure that's blasphemous. I know. Actually, I mean truly, because I, I grew be up on their curly fries. For doing that. Curly fries with a little cup of cheddar. Do you ever do that? No. <gasps> no. I'm a Ar when I, Arby sauce man. I'm an Arby, Arby sauce, sauce is great, but if you get like some curly fries and ask for a cup of cheddar and dip those bitches in there, motherfucking ten out of ten. And Gold let me just tell cheddar, you, bro. beef and cheddar absolutely so slaps. You have you? Did you try the when they had the the wagyu burger? I mean, yes. it's obviously not real wagyu, but yeah, no, I did. I, that was good too. It's good, yeah, very good. And the little backyard thing they had going on was good. Um, yeah. What else, dude? Uh, I will say, one of my favorite like side things to get at any fast food place is their jalapeno poppers and you get the bronco berry dipping sauce it is like a festival in my mouth Hell yeah. it's so good i've never tried that it's delicious man and they absolutely have the best just pull up to the window shake i feel like mm -hmm. yeah give me that jim mocha i've been getting a lot of side salads recently look at you that's it's about, to make up but... for the chocolate milk <sighs> yeah because I, I, I eat, again, I eat Chick-fil-A a lot, and I eat Zaxby's a lot. Yeah. And, uh, dude, Chick-fil-A and Zaxby's side salads are fucking top tier. Yeah. Zaxby's salads in general, did you have the Zensational yeah, salad? Yeah, Zensational is really good. Incredible. Ha incredible. Is that just a Southeastern thing? Zaxby's? Uh, I don't know. I... Uh, yes. I do believe so, I, yes. Yeah, I don't uh, know. No, I saw extends. one. Uh, did I see one in New York? Maybe? We have a lifeline no? up there. We can ask a friend. He can't uh, tell us right now, but there is there is definitely... And maybe not even a friend. We know a guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we know a guy. We know a guy. Uh, the other one. There uh, is one in New Jeff. York, actually. Yeah. There Thank you one. for catching... Uh, oh, you, oh, are you Googling? Yeah, they have uh, <sighs> Alabama, Arkansas, That's... California... Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, and New York. All right, so they're and popular. all the like, other southern states that nobody gives a shit about. They should be aware enough, you know. Like they, they started in Athens, right? I have no fucking clue. Kim I Basinger so. did. Who? Uh, Kim Basinger. She's an actress. Who? I. Oh yeah, she yeah. was in that Eminem movie, right? Oh my god, I think she's done a lot more popular shit than that, but yes. She's she's dead now. No, no. it's the other girl in 8 Mile that's dead. Yep, uh, Brittany right. Murphy. Right. right, 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 yes. right. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I forgot mm. she was in that movie. Weird yep. scenes in that movie. Never forget. Uh, what? Anyway. Oh, the sex scene? <sighs> yeah, they were done really weird. I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that way. You but were just I young when you watched it. That's just some straight up, like, hey, quick sex. Also, maybe that, yeah. yeah. I, it's been a while. You're I think like, the last I time I saw Eight Mile this, was thirteen. But you really enjoyed it when you did. I, I don't think I did. That's the thing. I think you did. I don't think so. I don't think so. Eight Mile was a good you movie, feel? though. Uh, fuck, dude. I can't remember last week. You think I remember fucking ten years, thirteen years ago? I, oh, that hurt. Hmm. No, I don't. Hmm. Thirteen years ago. Hmm. That yeah, I was, was thirteen. Twenty ten. That, mm -hmm. that is definitely not. Isn't that crazy? <sighs> what have you been doing this week? Uh, I finished the One Piece Netflix adaptation. 
I, I just realized we could have actually started the show. I was just bullshitting. Yeah, we, we, and we did it for a while. We did. Uh, only 12 minutes. That's, that's not too that's bad. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> Most of it was about fast food. That's true. Um, but, uh, yeah, I finished, I finished uh, Netflix's One Piece adaptation. And uh, I cried those last two, ep- or really the last episode, uh, pretty hard. Um, when I talked about One Piece for the first time, the anime, uh, a couple weeks ago, back when it was also just me and Dylan, uh, I spoke about, uh, Nami's arc, the Arlong Park arc, uh, that's kind of at the end of the East Blue Saga, which is what the live-action adapted, and the last two episodes of the live-action are solely, uh, the Arlong Park arc. That's such, such a funny way to say it. Um, and that shit hurt, dude. That shit hurt real bad. Right from the moment where Nami kind of betrays the crew and she's like, hey, I'm actually working for this guy and I stole all your money. Uh, Peace out. Uh, Like, you could... The actors did such a good job at making these characters feel so believable. Um, There's a scene towards the end of the... Or about halfway through the last episode when Nami kind of realizes that uh, Arlong betrayed her and he's not going to set her village free and he ratted her out to the Navy and the Navy came and took her money and there's a scene of her like have basically having a mental breakdown because she's like everything that I've worked for for 12 years or however fucking long it's been. I don't think it's actually been that long, but maybe. Um, she's basically like, okay, well, everything I've been working for since I was a child is, is thrown away. Like, I have no hope of saving my people. I have no hope of, of getting away from this pirate. Like, I'm, I'm done. This is it. And she starts, uh, Arlong made her get a tattoo of their, uh, like, pirate logo uh, on, like, her, on, like, her left bicep to show everyone, basically, it's basically a brand. Basically him saying, hey, you're part of our crew and I own you. Uh, And everywhere you go, you're going to be reminded that I own you. And she, when she's having this mental breakdown, she starts kind of scratching at this tattoo and she picks up a dagger and she starts trying to stab it out and cut the tattoo out of her skin. And like the, the, the screams she made were so like, I don't know how to explain, like guttural, like they were so, they were painful. Like you could really feel the pain in her voice and once Luffy kind of realizes, starts to put all the pieces together and the crew decides to fight Arlong to basically get Nami's life back, you can see the pain in Luffy's eyes and in his expressions of learning about what this person who is now his friend had to go through. Uh, when they get to, when Luffy gets face to face with Arlong, they're inside the map room of, of Arlong's uh, like little castle or whatever. And it was the room where Nami was forced to draw maps for this pirate crew, because that was, like, her talent. She was very, uh, uh, like, oddly talented at at remembering geographs and drawing maps and such. And uh, she, I don't know if geographs are a word, but whatever. Um, When Luffy and her walk into this room to start to steal some some of her maps back from Arlong, he's kind of noticing, like, like, this isn't a room, bro. Like, this is a fucking dungeon. And, like, someone had to live here. 
and he starts looking down at the floor and he sees the chains on the floor and he asks her what they are and she's like and in, instead of you know just basically saying oh those were the chains i was forced to wear she said something that was like uh uh, oh, he let me take them off when I was 12, uh, on my 12th birthday as a birthday gift. And, like, the pain on his face of realizing, like, what his friend had gone through. Because all Luffy had known at this point is, is really freedom and adventure, doing whatever the fuck he wanted to do. And he sees someone whose life is, is basically the complete opposite of that. And you, you, can, you can really feel the pain that he felt. At least in my opinion. I thought that all these actors did a fantastic fucking job. Um, it was a great series. I, I, I can't fucking wait for them to get to season two. I really hope that they get to do it. I hope Netflix doesn't pull the plug on this. I don't see why they would. Uh, the viewer numbers were fucking fantastic. So, we'll see. But this was, this was incredible. So, this is just wild to me. Because... I I know my neighbors that live around me fairly well, like the one that lives to the left of me. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I, I talk to him, like, at least once a week, just in passing. But the one below me, Sabrina talks to him a little more because, uh, like, he's uh, he has four dogs. And if you know Sabrina, she loves dogs. And then he's also a <laughs> trainer for them, and he's a vet. Uh, retired veteran so like he has a service dog and like it's super no, it's obedient cool. it's awesome to see right but he's awesome. just a cool guy yeah he was a cool guy and i've met him a few times and uh super nice and i was coming inside i think yesterday from uh we either just got home from work or just got home from the gym and uh all four of his dogs were out there and they kind of stopped and greeted us you know i said what's up to him and then he saw my tattoo on the underside of my arm and if you've never seen it before it's like a stylized haunter that is very mm, i don't want to say tribal because that's not the word but it, it it's 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 not your traditional haunter picture i'll say that and uh no one has ever seen that and known exactly what it is and then he saw it he was like oh is that haunter and i was like what like, yeah, I was like, dude, you're the only one to ever get that. And he was like, well, I'm a giant nerd. And then he started talking. About, he said, uh, uh, just by the way, sorry if you guys uh, heard any yelling from down below you last week. Uh, last weekend, he was like the One Piece Netflix anime adaption uh, on Netflix came out. And I'm a huge One Piece fan, blah, blah, blah. And he just started raving about it, man, and just saying hey, how yeah, much he loved it. And how it was true to like everything he wanted it to be. He was talking about how the the creator had his hands in it too and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I have not heard one single negative thing about this entire show. And no. that's that is so cool for them to do something so right. Like it gives me hope for what they'll do with Avatar. Um, but I'm also still terrified on that same regard because I know the showrunner stepped away from that. So yeah, that's spooky. It is. It do be spooky. That's, that's spooky. But I'm just glad that uh, that it did so well, man, because everyone yeah. seems to genuinely love it and I guess to just want to see what comes next. That's awesome. It gives me – I hope that they knock this Avatar shit out of the park. Sabrina and I are huge Avatar fans, so we, we have high expectations. The casting looks phenomenal, so we'll Madison's see. Madison's very excited for it. Yeah, yeah. She loves Avatar. Same. Anyways, um, 
So we'll they, see. Um, it definitely, it definitely renewed my hope um, for future adaptations. Uh, I think I said it last week, like for Gundam specifically. Uh, Netflix announced uh, they were doing a live-action Gundam project in 2016. Uh, there was news in 2018 of who they had picked to be the director, which was the guy who directed uh, Kong Skull Island. And I think he's done other shit, too. I don't fucking know what they are, though. Um, and I've never seen that movie, so I, I can't... I don't I don't have any feelings about yeah, him as no a director. Idea. Um, but I did watch an interview where he did talk about the franchise, and uh, he is an avid fan of the franchise. Like, the room... The, uh, his room, I, I guess his office at home or whatever that he did the interview in, like, he had Gundam model kits, like, just kind of lined up everywhere. And you could tell... By the just the way he was talking about it and the things he was saying, that he genuinely is a fan of this franchise. So that kind of is also nice. Um, like I think this One Piece adaptation really proved that with the right team behind it, it can be done. Um, which I mean, I fucking I know Josh has a completely different opinion on it, but the, uh, Ghost in the Shell, Ghost in the Shell was a fantastic adaptation. Uh, I know a lot of people really fucking shit, uh, shit on it and hate it, but it, I really fucking enjoyed it. And it was kind of the same situation. It was uh, it was a team that was passionate about the project and knew a lot about the project. Um, uh, for Gundam Sunrise, the animation studio uh, that handles all of the Gundam properties, uh, they are also heavily, heavily involved uh, in the process from what they've said. They said that their main goal is... Or they said part of the reason why they are retaining a little bit of creative control over the project is because they want to kind of keep it clear of Western uh, cliche action movie tropes. And they want it to be as faithful to the series as they can possibly make it. Um, so this One Piece adaptation gave me hope. I, I, You know, Gundam's a big thing for me and it's a franchise that is very, very dear to me and it would fucking kill me to see them do an adaptation that was bad. Um, but we'll see. I'm hopeful, though. Yeah, they shit on my Death Note crossover thingy, so that one hurt oh, God, pretty badly. Yeah. That was have you fun. ever, have you ever looked up the Japanese live action adaptation? No, I hear it's good though. It's very good. Yeah, very accurate. Uh, and even for its time, and like even now, like it, it still holds. I think it came out. It came out a long time ago. I think it came out in like 2010. Or 2012, maybe. But, I mean, it still holds up. It's a very good movie. Yeah. I... Dude, I think we even have... um Across the Spider-Verse that we can watch, and I just can't bring myself to do... I just... Movies are... Damn. Yeah, I know. Damn. Good morning. I, oh, here. hello. Oh, is he? Yeah. I'm here. His icons here. I am here. Icon like in Final Fantasy 16. Oh shit! It's spelled E I K O N. E I K O N. Austin, this only works if you talk to. I can't talk. What the fuck am I supposed to? Say? I don't know, but fill in the fucking blanks. Sound excited? <laughs> don't sound excited. There. All right. Hi. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Oh, yep. So yeah, we're just wrapping up. Oh yeah, is that is that right? 
just wrapping up what he did this past week, which was watch One Piece Netflix Final Thoughts. I just read it from the uh, document. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm from doing good. He's doing good. How are you doing? Well, I'd be fucking better if uh, you know I was here on time. But I'm here now, I guess. So good, you know. good. Well, all right. So, hosty boy, where are we where are we going? I I don't. I I gotta lie. When you said start, I wasn't even paying attention to my phone. And then Austin was like, he said start, and I was like, ha ha ha. And Austin was like, no, he really said start. And I was like, oh shit. Nope, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I didn't have anything planned, written down. I was like, this is going to be the most improvised shit we have ever done it worked out yeah but can you imagine yeah. if we would have just started right now uh no oh god no, i cannot for a while. that would have been awful please say something uh, no. we're waiting on you host me yeah he took host. over and i already said let's do the thing hey uh, bitch no, oh, hey uh, you better episode. watch yeah, what you just know. wrote on that okay That's my game. Mm, is it? You need to... Is it? And Austin hasn't even written anything, so we don't even know what his final oh, game is. Oh, well, I guess I can just, like, steal all of Austin's picks, then. That's true. If just... you put a Persona game on there... Oh, here it goes. Persona 5, <laughs> Persona 4, Persona 3. <laughs> just all Personas. I'm just kidding. Just all the Personas. Yes. 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 This is the Patreon voted topic from uh, July. Uh, we're gonna say today. Oh no! Yeah, we didn't have no, to say we... that. No, we definitely did because we got very far behind because of uh, you know scheduling and whatever. But this is July, right? I mean, I'm looking at it. It's July, and we did August already. We just need to get to. We also didn't so say that. when you'd fucking get it, so get over it. That is true. We did not yeah. say that. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh, that's weird. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Patreon decided topic. Uh, so I, I don't know. Am I am I hosting now? Is that what happened to him? Something like that. Uh, yeah, something like that. All right. Well, uh, you know them. You love them. Hmm? Our battle royale topics. Uh, so. This uh, was, again, uh, the Patreon-decided topic. Um, and what we're going to do is we are going to um, uh, talk about art direction and talk about games with really great art direction. So... Uh, Shut your mouth. We have all brought um, five games apiece, and we're going we're gonna to battle them to the death for your entertainment. So, uh, let's talk about the rules, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah. So, um, no self-sacrificing, and this. you can alter an alternative of your own choice of your game. Okay. Okay, awesome. And then... Um, yeah, do, we've all brought uh, five games Cinco. apiece. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, do we want to... Let's uh, 
let's go ahead and we'll go with you, Dylan. If you want to start, uh, you just name off the five games that you brought for us. Hey, my <laughs> five are Ori and the Blind Forest, Neon White, Stardew Valley, Stray, and Hollow Knight. Awesome. Okay. Austin, what about you? What are your five games? Yeah. Uh, my picks are Persona 5, Pokemon Black and White, Fallout New Vegas, Batman Arkham Asylum, and Shin Megami Tensei 3. Sick. Okay. Uh, and my five <clears throat> are uh, The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. I actually I already think I may have talked about these. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, uh, Bloodborne, Inside, and uh, Deathloop. So those are the 15 games. Um, okay, uh, so I guess... Uh, well, who who wants to start? How are we? How do we determine who starts? Not me. Well, hold on. Let's let's think of a fun way to decide this. Does anyone have? We could do a random number game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Random number generator. Okay. You could okay. be the DM. You could. Oh, I like being the DM. <laughs> One through. What? Okay. Yeah. How many? Sixty-nine. Four hundred twenty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, sixty-nine. You're Google. Let's, you, let's you, uh, so I'll ch- and whoever. All right. Yeah. All right. My number. I'll choose uh, twenty-three. Okay. Twenty-three. Right. Forty-four. And am I taking? Am I choosing a number also? Yep. Yes. And then whoever is closest goes first. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. So. Yep. Uh, your number's 24. 23. Uh, 23. Okay, mm-hmm. okay yep. Austin, yours is 44. Uh, I'll do 69. And then, okay, so is it the highest number or closest number without okay. going over? Or, All right. Or is, uh, so which? So whoever, yeah, whoever is the closest gets first, second closest gets second, and, you know, third. Okay. Uh, the number is 23. You're fucking Damn. kidding. Damn. Not kidding at all. Number is 23. Here, let Damn. me see the screenshot. What the fuck? That's fucked up. This is wild. So it literally goes Why in order Why can't that of happen anywhere else? Incredible. <laughs> what the fuck? Incredible. Where's the chat? Yeah, that's, uh... That's nuts. That's absolutely fucking crazy. But what the hell? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just so perplexed right now. Um, it's kind of fucking crazy. All right, so I guess it goes to me, Austin, Josh. Okay. Yeah. Me, Austin, yeah. Josh. Or you, Austin, Austin Josh. Josh. <laughs> um, that's crazy, dude. I wish I would fucking play the lotto more often. I'm sure it was the same odds. Um, oh yeah, hundred percent same odds. <sighs> I gotta look at this list real quick. Um, fuck, there's some really good. This this is a really good game list. Uh, <clears throat> Austin, can I go Arkham Asylum for choice number fifteen? Oh, oh okay, no, no, no okay, no. okay, no. okay. 
Hold on. No. <laughs> like, genuinely, is Fallout New Vegas going far for you? Not because you uh, like the game, but for the not art direction. Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. My choice would have been Arkham Asylum, but you can offer alternatives. I will offer SMT3. Okay. I have to look up this game. <laughs> so, uh, speaking a little about SMT3, uh, it caught me kind of off guard because it was one of the first oh. JRPGs I played where it wasn't... You weren't saving the world. The world's already done. You watch that shit happen. You're just struggling to survive and figure out what's going on and what's left. And the art direction very much makes it feel like that. Uh, it's it's pretty bland. A lot of areas are barren, and I know that doesn't sound great, but like here it kind of works. Like it makes you kind of almost feel hopeless. Like you and the game doesn't give you any fucking sense of direction as to where to go in any given circumstance circum situation that's not a fucking word what the fuck <laughs> anyway but uh yeah the the art direction's good for for what it tries to do uh, and kind of give you that like lost kind of hopeless uh, uh uh vibe uh but it's it's not as good as as some of the other shit that we that we've got here that, uh, I knew it was a part of the same universe as Persona, but, like, seeing some of the uh, monsters from Persona and the SMT3 art style is kind of wild. Yeah, it's very, it's it's pretty jarring. It kind of is, but I like the little pumpkin thing more in oh. this art style because it looks more scary. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. All right. Well, number 15 is uh, SMT3. Now it's your choice. Your move, Yugi. Yep. Sorry, I was telling my son goodnight. Oh, Hold whatever. On. Fucking children. Fuck you. Um. Oh, well, dude, I don't want to do this because Josh is going to yell at me. Why am I oh. going to yell at you? Josh, I'm going to say inside, but only because I don't know what it is. Uh, no, not yet. Um, I'll give you Deathloop instead. But I'm gonna look at it. Oh, okay. That yeah. was my second option. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I really like Deathloop a lot. Uh, I think that it's very pretty, okay. and it's got the, sure. the, the kind of, like, color palette and sort of, like, uh, stylized, um, art of, like, a 1960s kind of, like, spy thriller. Um, and that really kind of fits the overall vibe that is going on there. Uh, but it just, for, for me, the rest of the stuff that I've got right here on this list is just, it's a little bit, uh, more, um, it works and it definitely, like I said, it kind of fits the theme of, of what is going down within, uh, the game of Deathloop. Um, but I, I think that this ends up being just one that I find more visually appealing than necessarily that it, like, kind of invokes something in me with regards to uh, theming and stuff. So, yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I still need to play that shit, too. I think it's still on Game Pass. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It's a Bethesda. Bethesda. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so... Um, <coughs> your turn. Your move. 
Oh, okay. It's your um, turn. Papa Mullen. Um. Austin, I hate to to kind of pick on you, but um. <laughs> how 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 are we feeling about Fallout New Vegas? No, go ahead. I only say that just because it's like, look, like it's basically all desert, right? Like, I don't think that there's like, there's a whole lot going mm-hmm. on there outside of that. I know you love the game, but like, what, like, is it okay yeah, to go there? I'm, yeah, I'm cool with that. Compared to the other games on this list, I'm okay, okay. with that. Okay. But it does hurt. Okay, cool. Um, it does hurt. Yeah, like, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. Yeah, I, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like like New Vegas itself is fucking cool as shit when you get in there, right? But like, it's all just kind of like oh desert, for sure, right? I mean, yeah, dude, the city of New Vegas itself is fucking awesome. Um, and it's it's you know it's almost a similar way uh, that Shimigami uh, Three does it, and it's it kind of gives you that that because like you said, it is mostly just desert. And it kind of gives you that barren and, and lost kind of feeling to it, which in a Fallout game is, is something I kind of want. Because, um, you know, it's all about exploration, right? Um, but it, when you especially, it's like like you just said, especially getting into New Vegas itself with that kind of like that retro like casino-esque feel to it, like it's, it's very pretty to fucking look at and even still holds up in my opinion. Um, but I, I can totally understand how certain parts of that game could kind of feel just dry because it is just a straight up fucking desert. Um, but it's, it's still a great fucking game. Oh yeah, it's one of the best ever made. Like, mm-hmm. All right, uh, who's whose turn is Dylan. it now? Yeah, Dylan's. This is not Dylan. easy. I'm not doing this, to Austin. Uh. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I'm not kicking three of yours out in the first. <laughs> Four choices. I mean, uh, hey, man. Oh you feel God. like there are better games. Are better I, games. not to me. Art direction-wise. Uh, not necessarily game itself. Can I go Arkham Asylum? No. Oh, no um, way. Oh, whoa. It's not even Arkham that. Asylum it's what it's going fantastic. up against. Yeah, and it, 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 trust me, it's hard. It's very hard. But I, oh, oh, fuck. I would be willing to give Black and White uh, out before Arkham Asylum. What? And I love Black and White. It's my favorite Pokemon game of all time. What the fuck? But Arkham Asylum That's has, fucking crazy. Me, in my opinion, has better art direction. Black and White was just the USA, bro. It was just New York. I, I hey, I mean, if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. That just blows my mind, dude. It was yep, more than uh, just. A, it was just more than the yeah, U.S. Like, I mean, it had some <laughs> genuinely great like uh, landscapes yeah. and cityscapes. But that's it's yours. It's your game to talk about. That's your favorite Pokemon game. Yeah, uh, Pokemon Black and White is my favorite Pokemon game. Uh, it was really um, the first time that the Pokemon Company... Well, it uh, it served as a re- as kind of a soft reboot in general anyway. 
Um, but it was also uh, Game Freak's first time uh, developing a region in lore uh, not based around Japan. Uh, this was completely different to them. Uh, they took trips, like I remember reading about it earlier today, uh, you know, they took trips to places like New York City, and uh, I think they went somewhere in the south and somewhere uh, uh, um, towards the west coast to get kind of ideas for this. But it is mostly focused or, or mostly inspired by uh, New York City. And, like, it, it really shows you have these giant, massive fucking cities that are bigger than anything Pokemon has ever really had before. And these towering skyscrapers and these giant bridges that feel like they're like half the fucking game. They're so goddamn long. Um, and it like kind of in encapsulates that, that kind of big city vibe. And it was Pokemon's first time stepping out into that. Uh, and it was really good. Yeah, man, I think they nailed it. Like, I know you know this, but that's what I'm playing right now. I moved on from Heart Gold and went to uh, White and... I mean, everything you said rings true, dude. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful game, and they did it right on their first time out. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, fuck, it's my turn. It do be you. God. Oh, Dylan, I'm going to have to say straight. That one's a no. Um, so instead, oh. I will... <laughs> uh, if you say neon white, that's crazy. Um, Dylan, hold on. See, that's not easy. Uh, this is hilarious because of what you just did, but I would go start you over stray. So, um, really? Yep. And okay. So everyone, I mean, I'm not going to go too far into it because everyone knows my love for Stardew because it's it's genuinely one of, if not my most favorite game of all time. Um, part of that love comes from knowing it's a one-man dev team who delivered genuinely this great experience um, that has been damn near unrivaled when it comes to my time invested into a video game. Um, and a part of that comes from his just immaculate art direction. Um, it's a seasonal-based art direction, and each season just continuously blows me away. And I think something that I, I talk about heavily when it comes to art direction is the pairing of the um, soundtrack as well because I feel like you can't have great art direction without a soundtrack to back it. Like, I don't want to play Bloodborne and be listening to 8-bit music, essentially. Like, I need to hear that crazy, operatic, just uh, melancholy music almost. Like, I need that to go with it. And I think uh, Concerned Ape did a great job with this when it comes to Stardew because I have the absolutely beautiful art direction, but I also have the soundscape to go with it. And that itself makes the art direction to me. Um, I love Stardew in terms of a visual experience. I think it's very bright and colorful. And even when it's dark and rainy, it's on this just other level. It's a beautiful pixelated world that I think he did a really good job at making it just come alive and thrive. And... Um, like the base, the base area, the valley itself is, is wonderful, but then you get to go off into the island that he added, um, later in the game and you get to see different creative elements that he used there that he had not used in prior parts of the game. And it was kind of eye opening. It's like, holy shit, like it's a lot more. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I, I don't want to spoil it for people who have never made it that far into the game, but, uh, 
it gets kind of sinister over there. Like it's a it's an untamed volcanic island. So you know, let your imagination run wild. And I think he kind of nails that. And he does that throughout the whole game. Like he gives you this this life sim in a valley that you would kind of expect, but he adds this level of mysticism and just uh, just kind of this omnipotent connection with the world itself and it, it just it, it 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 just hooks you man like it's it's just something more than itself and i think he does a great job at it but when it comes to the other games on the list i think they go further in terms of what the art direction brings than this game all right whose turn is it your mm-hmm. turn uh it's my turn okay well, I definitely don't want to fucking continue to pick on Austin. So, uh, Dylan, um, how you feeling about uh, how you feeling yeah. about Stray? <laughs> you, are, you are more disrespectful than he is. What? Why? You've played the goddamn game. Yeah, I mean, and, and it looks great, but like, look at the other games on your list: Stray, Hollow Knight, Ori, like Neon White. Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> I just, like, I like Stray. I think it's very pretty. But, like, these other games, the other ones that you have here are just way... I feel like they're way more distinct than Stray. They are. But the reason why I'm going to cut Neon White here... <laughs> this is that's crazy. That, you're crazy. It, it's It's beautiful. I think what you said is true. It's striking. Like, it immediately captivates you, and I think they do a great job at both level design and sound design, like I was just talking about. Like, the the soundtrack that they wound up using just kind of... It's almost like a heavenly... I don't know. It's not like a heavenly arcade type of soundtrack. Like, it does a great job of putting you into the game, but for the most part, a lot of the environments are similar. Um, And I feel like the art direction doesn't necessarily do too much to drive the story forward. Um, Yeah, I think that when it comes to each different level that you can go to, like all all the crazy different environments it does a great job at making you feel like you're somewhere else. But within those new environments, it does become a little, um, I, I, I hate to use the word repetitive, but there are similar elements um, throughout the new levels that you encounter. That being said, it's really beautiful. And it's, it, it drives me to keep playing because I love how the levels flow together and I'm still able to focus on the environmental detail while flying through these level at high speeds and taking on, you know, hundreds of enemies and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I can still take in a lot of the details, like especially those early levels where you're kind of gliding across the water and you can see the, the like structures reflecting in the water itself. I mean, I think that it, it, it's one of the most memorable games that I've played because genuinely it's stunning. The character design is, is great. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think this is where that has to go for me. And I can explain my reasoning later, but, um, yeah, I can't cut straight here. Damn, bro. 
Neon White is probably in my top three indie games. Neon White is fucking. Yeah, good. there's a trend with my games uh, tonight, and they're all indie games. Oh, oh shit. Um, they're all my favorite. Okay, yeah. Whose turn cool. is it? Mine. It's me. Go ahead. Tell me which of mine you want to take off. Oh, dude, I hate that for you so much. <laughs> um, tell me about your affinity for Wind Waker. Wind Waker? Uh, so, Wind Waker to me is kind of... Now, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not incredibly well-versed in the lore of Zelda. Like, I'm just not something that, like, you know, I'm sitting there and studying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way that Wind Waker, Wind Waker, like, made my list in the first place is because I just think, kind of like what I said about, you know, all of your games, Dylan, is it's just immediately striking. It's not really a, a an art style that you are going to see a lot of, uh, if, if at all, like I, I can't think of another game that has an art style quite like wind wakers. Um, and for me, I think that it kind of strikes at the heart of what made like Zelda special for me as a kid in that it is very colorful and very imaginative and that kind of cuts to the core, I feel, of, of, of what Zelda is, which is this sort of, like, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of like... Um, I guess ex- exploration. Like, it's, it's all about finding new things. There's, like, a sense of, of wonder about it. And I feel like the game looks that way does that make sense at all yes yes Mm -hmm. yes yes um and then you kind of you know you cycle that in with the fact that you are you know kind of sailing around through all these islands and it just i don't know i i think wind waker is a very special game um and i think that it looks fucking stunning um are you okay with it going out at nine yeah i think so uh because let me just take a look at all the other ones i've got yeah I really thought Bloodborne Inside and Seven would go further. For yeah, you. yeah, I, th- I think that that's probably right. I, I love fucking Wind Waker though, man. I I really think that that game is something special, and part of that is because the art direction, art direction is something so mm-hmm. just gorgeous. You know what I mean? Yeah. You think they announce a Wind Waker port at the Absolutely direct not. I think Wind Waker nope, is... because why would Nintendo do anything? Exactly. <laughs> why would they give their fans what they want? Terrible. Hate God it. damn it, Nintendo. We'll get a fucking Zelda Tactics game before we get a Wind right. Waker port. Jesus. Okay. I shouldn't have said that, because I know it's going to happen. No, it is going to happen. Uh, Austin's turn. Oh, it is my turn. Oh, no. This is fucking hard, dude. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Dylan? You better say something. You better say something that's not stray, apparently. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm between stray and enzyme. I thought you said enzyme, and I was like, well, that's not even on the fucking list. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, maybe even bloodborne. Uh, oh. oh, it got some pots, dude. Oh man, I just need you to say one. I'm gonna say bloodborne. No, just from you're your not. Visceral reactions alone. Are you? F- I, I would give you inside. There's no before. reason for me to say things. I'd give him. you inside before I give you Bloodborne. Uh, okay. That's yeah. cool. Oh my god. Uh, I really don't it's like it, but I'll. I'll I, I'm. Like I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So inside for me, oh, um, the reason that game fucking rules is because it is kind of a, uh, kind of a take on fascism. I think a little bit and kind of the mundanity of fascism. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of that game is just grayscale. Like it's maybe not grayscale, but it's very desaturated. Everything's kind of gray and gloomy and there's like blues and some greens, but it's all very kind of like grayed out. There's not a lot of saturation to it, except for this bright red streak that is, your little main character's uh, shirt. And it kind of signifies that, like, he is kind of the takedown of the entire system that's being put in place. Um, and I just... I, I I don't know. It is, to me, very, very striking. Um, it is a gorgeous game to look at, even when you take into account that, like, a lot of the design elements around, like, you know, the environments are, like I said before, kind of grayscale. Um, it's just, it is a incredibly, incredibly beautiful game to look at. Um, it's one of my favorite games ever. Uh, yeah. Inside Rules. I remember you trying to no-hit it. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to, to go back and, and try that again, but... Um, yeah. I don't think I have the patience for that. <laughs> well, it's your turn to take something away. Yes, it is. Um, okay. All right, Austin. How, how are we feeling about Arkham Asylum now? Nope. What do you mean, no? No. It goes past Persona? Uh, you know what? <laughs> Fuck, dude. I don't know. Well, the only... Uh, I, I can't I sa- self-sacrifice. The only other one that I want I, is, I is maybe... I know. Is, is maybe Stray. But... <laughs> Dylan's real adamant about that fucking cat. You are not telling me Arkham Asylum makes it past any of the three that I have on my list. What the fuck? I mean, maybe Stray. Josh, just make a decision. I'm there. The fact that Arkham Asylum is this far blows my fucking really. Like, I, I'm, I, yes. I do mean that genuinely. I I think that Arkham Asylum is a gorgeous fucking game. I don't think Arkham Asylum should have beaten out like Inside or Wind Waker. I mean, that's fair, but also. <laughs> 
but I I think it's a good, genuinely beautiful game. It doesn't matter. It's not my pick. It's not my choice. If you choose um, Stray, I will move along to something else because it's not going to be Stray. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't even know if I if I give up Asylum over Persona Five, honestly. Now, what now that's absolutely crazy. That's fucking absolutely You're nuts. doing this for the reaction. There's no way you're not. <laughs> no, I mean genuinely, dude. Uh, ah. I, Ar- Arkham Asylum can go. Arkham Asylum can go. Okay, are you sure? <laughs> I if you can, I, I just I, I would yeah. you genuinely I, if I, if it came down like to the, to the top three and Persona and Arkham Asylum were still there. Would see that that's what I was thinking, and I I think Persona would have to okay. go farther than right. Asylum, so I can let Asylum go. All right, cool. I'm glad that we talked you off the ledge. <laughs> yeah, uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. Uh, I fucking love this game. Uh, I actually started replaying it over the weekend while my internet was out because it was kind of one of my only few options, um, and I was. I was hooked right from the start uh, all over again, dude. Um, You know, when you look at a game like this, you probably wouldn't think of the words like beautiful or gorgeous because you're you're in a run-down fucking asylum. But this entire little world of, of, of Arkham... It's so like you you genuine as you go through you genuinely start to feel like you are descending into some crazy fucking shit. Uh, right from the get go, you're locked in an asylum with every fucking inmate there, and just the like the details of like the blood running down the walls and like the fucking um, uh, like blood marks from where a guard had been beaten and dragged. Like it's it's the little shit that that makes it feel like such a terrifying and claustrophobic experience and it's an extremely claustrophobic experience um you're walking down these narrow corridors or or moving through ventilation shafts for 75 percent of the fucking game and all the while you basically have joker in the background popping up on these screens just more or less laughing at you and and the the art direction just it, it does so fucking well for it I hate to see it go at seven, but I do understand that the rest of these games are some extremely gorgeous looking. Yeah, I that's not even mentioning the 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 uses of colors, dude. Like when you go outside, mm-hmm. the entirety of the island is like just cast in this greenish, like <clears throat> with the moon cutting. Yeah, through everything. it it yeah. is yeah. seriously like a very very pretty fucking for the game. same reasons will hit on a lot of points on hollow knight and bloodborne like arkham asylum does some of the same stuff with like a gothic nature oh yeah 100 percent. the architecture mm-hmm. and everything's very gothic i love it yeah very well done cool all right well arkham asylum at seven all right uh i think that means it is dylan's turn dylan's so turn. final fantasy seven it is because Bloodborne is not going out and Persona is making it further. Right? I mean... Yeah, I was not cutting Persona, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I... I wish that uh, this game could make it further, but I understand why everything else can't. 
um, that said, I love the way that this game looks. Even the old PS1 that everyone fucking is like, ooh, they look, it looks so bad. I, I genuinely, not even playing with you, I love the way that game looks. Like, the character models... For a PS1 game, that game doesn't look bad. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Uh, and, and, like, yeah, even if you wanted to take the, like, take the character models aside and just look at the pre-rendered backgrounds of, of 7, like, there are so many just genuinely interesting little details that you can find littered everywhere in that game um but like when i think about final fantasy 7 and i know this is the entirety of the game but like when i think about final fantasy 7 i immediately go to midgar and like the way that that game is presented for those first roughly 10 hours or so where you have this old rundown mechanical uh, and and concrete like structures, but then like you have the beauty of like the glow from the city above, <clears throat> and the way it kind of like you see how the people of the underneath of Midgar have constructed these little like shanty towns out of the garbage that has come from like up above them and it's just it says so much without ever really saying anything if that makes sense like it it it's one of those games that like you can kind of get the themes of the story just by taking a look at what's going on around midgar you have the plate up above where all of the rich people live and then everyone else is down below. You have the themes of like the death and the rebirth where the people are literally taking the trash, the, you know, the death of things from above and giving it purpose. They're re reusing it. You know, it's being reborn or however you want to phrase it. And it's just, I don't know, man. I think that game is... I used to really not think that seven was really all that great. And <clears throat> I, my mind is, has, has definitely, I don't, I want to say it's been changed, but my thoughts on it have, have definitely come a long way because I think that seven from its art direction all the way to its combat system to like everything is just stellar. And I, I really, really genuinely believe that it starts with the way that game looks um and how it how it kind of develops and showcases the themes of the story and stuff um final fantasy 7 is a fucking special game so final fantasy 7 is one of the games that i wish i had been in like maybe my early teens mm -hmm. when i when i played it for the first time yeah. or maybe even if uh, you know I, I was that age when it came out because I feel like that game would have genuinely blown my mind yeah it, it's a very like even the little stint that I had with it at the end of last year like uh, when you talked about the like the background the pre-rendered backgrounds like for a PS1 game those are some really gorgeous looking fucking yeah. backgrounds very good who's next uh, you yeah. me 
Not me. Um, I'm gonna say Hollow Knight because I know Dylan's gonna yell at me if I say Scrooge. I mean that. I mean this is where it gets hard for me <laughs> mm-hmm. because what I just said about art direction pushing a story forward. All three of these games do it well. Mm-hmm. And I, I fucking hate it because Hollow Knight does its... Ugh. I'm sorry. I, I know that was a lot of silence, but I gen- this is the hardest... No, I had did to this to myself. It. You did do this to yourself. These are the three hardest games that could have possibly been... Uh, which one did you say? I said Hollow Knight. Fine. Take it. Oh. <clears throat> it hurts, man. I don't have the same connection to Hollow Knight as I do the other two. Um, I think it is one of the most beautifully crafted environments and a what is that 2.5d landscape mm-hmm. that i've ever seen i think that much like what i've said about my other choices the soundtrack helps make this game into the beautiful masterpiece that it is in terms of just art um the game has damn near unparalleled difficulty to the point where it runs alongside games like dark souls or demon souls um and it makes it hard to progress and to see what the game has to offer. But once you look at it with that same soul's mentality that each death is a lesson and you continue to push yourself further, you start to see this absolutely... Like, we talked about how Arkham Asylum can make this drab environment appear beautiful. Hollow Knight transcends that to the nth degree. Like, it is... You have this gothic bug environment, mind you. It's not just gothic. It's bug-oriented uh, as well. And you have these really dark tones of gray, black, and blue. But then there's these certain environments that are meant to just catch you. And you see these bright teals or vibrant oranges just reach out and grab you in this otherwise like macabre world. And... Death is kind of used as an adventure in this game. How Justin said that death is a mechanic and the swapper. Death is more of like an open door for an adventure because maybe you weren't meant to be where you just died at. So let's switch it up and go somewhere else. And as you begin to do that, you begin to see that this world is... It's beautiful the deeper you go. The further underground you go... You you think you would see this? <clears throat> I don't. Uh, dreary. You think it would be dreary and hellish, but it just gets it gets more beautiful the more time you put into it, and it helps drive your narrative forward. It helps you find the Hollow Knight. It helps everything about your journey because you want to see more. You want to push further. You want to get better, and with a soundtrack that kind of takes you by the hand and pulls you forward coupled with the the beautiful world that they crafted it's it's 
it's hard for me to say it goes out here. Um, but Stray and Ori hit me on another level. So, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful game. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Your turn, Josh. All right. Well, I guess it's, uh, I, I don't know. You tell uh, me. Is it, is it Stray or is it Ori? I know. I would rather die. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know, dude. I'm trying. I know that makes for terrible radio, but I can't fucking think about it. This is the hardest choice I could have made. I have to fucking say Stray, and I goddamn hate it. Fuck, man. Okay, can I... I'll start. I'll start you Yes. I love... The thing I love about Stray is... It is kind of using the color palette and sort of like cityscape type stuff that we typically know sci-fi for. Like if you think Blade Runner, you think these colors. You think this sort of like... Uh, you know the languages that are that are shown up on you know the the asian uh not not kanji that's that's strictly japanese but you you know what i'm saying like it, that those sort of like letterings and stuff like that but it's in service of um showing how interconnected people are whereas when you look at it through the like through Stray's eyes and Stray, you're a cat looking for your family, you know, nobody lives here anymore. It's robots. And it's on top of that, you have very few robots. Like it's not a hustling and bustling city. It's a derelict city. And it inverts what we kind of think of as typical sci-fi and just to me totally rings home the 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 narrative that you know you are looking for your family and you find that in more ways than one um yeah it it's a gorgeous fucking game uh just it's so pretty to fucking look at um and I think that it, it really, like I said, with the inversion of the of the of the typical, you know, sci-fi colors and, and things of that nature, it kind of helps to justify the story of of the loneliness that you feel as the as the stray. I think everything you just said was is completely accurate. Um, I will tell on myself every time that I talk about this game and saying that um, I put it down when I picked it up for the first time after about an hour playing. I was like, it's not for me. And then I went back in a better headspace and I played it and I didn't stop. And the reason I didn't stop is because over the course of doing this podcast, I've come to learn what really does matter to me in a video game. And it's a polished feel with beautiful art direction. Um, I, I feel like that's what I'm the most passionate about. And 
when it does what Stray does, it's everything that I just said with Hollow Knight. The art direction, the landscape, the environments push you forward. They drive the narrative forward. They tell the story of Stray. From the very beginning, you lose your family, and your whole point is to reconnect with them and find them. You were separated from everything you know and love, and now you're in this world that is desolate. And you start off in the slums, and, I mean, it's exactly what it's... It's macabre. It's bleak, and everyone down there is not... You know, not everyone's happy. And um, hope is at its lowest point, is what I can say. Mm. Um, and here being where you... I mean, it's kind of... It's a parallel to Stray himself, or itself you're at your lowest point when you're in the slums and that's just the point after you lost your family you soon find b12 who becomes your companion at this point and soon you find out the story is not about you because ultimately we would do want to help stray get to his family but in order to do that what you have to do is start to help other people find their hope or to find their family and the more you progress through the story, the brighter the game gets to the point where you start in the slums, but one of the very last places you go is this neon Tokyo-looking city. It's beautiful. Lights are everywhere. You're, you know, it's the, it's the climax of the adventure. You've made it that far. One of the very last sights that you get to see in the game is that of sunlight for the first time. And when you couple it with the story that it told, your journey with B12, and getting to see the highs and the lows of the robots that you got to meet and touch and help along the way, how you pulled yourself from the slums to getting to go see the sunlight, the greenery for the first time again. It's like you stopped being a stray and you got to be an adventurer. And you got to be excited for what comes next. And I think by coupling that with the soundtrack that came with it, it was almost this ethereal, robotic soundscape. And it connected you into this place that felt so far away, but yet kind of felt close to home as well. I think all of that culminated into one of the most beautiful experiences that I've ever played my entire life. And that's why I fought so hard for it. Um, it's very, 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 very hard for me to see this go out before Ori. But I'm glad it made it as far as it did. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Alright. Uh, you get to start out our top three. Austin, I'm sorry. That's fine. Persona. I about said Persona. Th oh, I thought you did put Persona 3. No, oh, I it's Shin Megami 3. I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah. uh, Persona 5 for number 3. That's fine. Um, yeah, Persona 5, dude. I fucking... I fell in love with this game almost immediately. And so much so that it almost became my favorite video game of all time. Uh, depending on the day you ask me, it could either be Persona <laughs> 5 Royal or Fallout New Vegas. It swaps because both games are games that I replay a lot. Um, 
but Persona 5, dude, just does something different. Everything about this game's aesthetic hooked me almost fucking immediately. From the kind of, like, slick modern jazz to down to the, like, the color palettes used for the AI being, like, the bright reds and the deep blacks with the white outlines. Like, it, it really... And, like, the whole motif is, is, is you're a thief. And all of all of that really encapsulates it. And it, it it's so fucking pretty to look at. Uh, visually, it is absolutely probably my favorite game of all time. Uh, I think that Persona 5 is absolutely fucking gorgeous. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all I have to say about it. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, the game is stunning. And, uh, it, like, even to, like, you take a look at, like, the the way that the, the city, like, when you got into the city, mm-hmm. like, the way that it just kind of glows at night. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. that that's so fucking, like, stunning. Or, like, when yeah. you go into some of the, um, some of the, pa- uh, is it, are they... St- Palaces. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say, are they called dungeons or palaces? I can't remember. But like, you go into some of those, and they're just extraordinarily well built to kind of showcase the struggles of each one of the um, mm-hmm. personas that you're, you know, tackling at that that given time. Um, mm-hmm. The game fucking looks stunning. It's yeah, it is. It's what keeps me going back to yeah. it. I'm gonna go play it again. Oh my god! He's doing it right now. He's he's booting it up right now. I am. Also, one of the best soundtracks. Oh ever. yeah, the jazz and here. So good, rad, yep. dude. Oh, it's so. It's good. so wonderful. I wish they would bring that fucking concert that they do to the U.S. I would buy tickets so quick. Oh gosh! Excuse me. All right, Papa Stevens. Yep, you get to decide number one and number two. Oh, dude, don't do that. What the That's fuck? What the fuck? That's Two is Bloodborne, turn. one is a worry. <laughs> that was honestly way more easy of a choice for me than I thought That's it would be. Fair enough. You want, or you, you got, you did the thing. Good for you. I did the thing. I don't know if I'm going to have a stroke or if I'm okay with this. I think I'm okay yeah. with this. Yeah. I, I think, think you're, you're okay, okay with it. With it too. Um, I can just, just gaslight that, you into thinking I'm, so. Uh, that's to be f- to be fair. I've also gaslighted you at one point during the show that the audience currently listening to will remember back to. Um, you know what's and, crazy? I have no clue where you're talking about. Oh, I know. I, <laughs> I, it is so easy to catch when it happens. What? <laughs> you went back to believing me at some point, and then I know everyone just had a collective. <gasps> no way. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna listen back. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not gonna do uh, that. No, it's good. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> All right. Bada bing, bada boom. Josh, uh, Bloodborne is maybe the best looking game of the last generation. Yep. Just period. Um, and not only is it the like best looking in terms of like, uh, it's just pretty to look at, but like. Even even if you wanted to take like a like a fidelity thing, like I know that some people are like super into like ultra realism and stuff like that. I think that this game still to this day is as pretty as 
The Last of Us 2 or whatever other hyper-realistic thing you want to look at. And it works for literally everything that it's trying to do. Everything from the way that the, the streets are just littered with coffins to how there are pools of blood in some of the streets to how when you get into some of the chalice dungeons, everything is like damp and musky and dilapidated. It all speaks to this sort of disease that the game is trying to, uh, you know, talk about. And um, it ends up being uh, not werewolves or vampires the way that, you know, you're expecting, uh, but it still ends up being like a disease of the mind. And it's... I don't know. Like, everything about the way that the game looks kind of circles back to this idea of death and decay, and it it totally fucking works, man. And the way that it looks when it switches from day to night is... Um, I, I don't find a lot of things scary anymore, but Bloodborne at night is very scary. <laughs> like, it just is. Um, and I don't know. It, it, it's got some of the most striking imagery uh, of any game I've ever played, just period. Um, it's good shit, man. It's <laughs> really really fucking good shit yeah i would say that a lot of i think the top five have a great um example of just kind of perpetuating the story through uh art design and i think bloodborne does it so good too like it's just oh my god i think i used the word ethereal just a little bit ago yes. but bloodborne is ethereal mm-hmm. in another level Oh my god, it's it's so fucking captivating, dude. I wish like I don't know. I just like I want to see more from the Bloodborne universe. I don't fucking care if it's a game, an anime, a live action show. I don't care, but that's the kind of world that I just want to get invested into this dark and grungy ethereal landscape. Yeah. Um you know they did a a comic, right? I do now. Yeah. Uh, I will do that now. Yeah, let me see if I can if I can um, find out who produced it. Like but, a physical? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Um, I remember, I haven't personally ever read it, but I've seen images um, and Titan I've heard Comics. people talk about it. Uh, yeah, Bloodborne, The Death of Sleep Titan. from Titan Comics. Um... Well, there is apparently a fucking ton of them to the point where there is one coming out in September. Uh, like holy today, shit. Uh, news to me, but that's fucking cool. Holy shit! It's like a whole fucking line starting from 2018 all the way to 2013, which is literally—is it today? Is today the 13th? Yep. It came out today. Holy shit! It's called the Bleak Dominion Number One. I, you just opened up a whole new world for me, dude. Yeah, I've I've Holy heard shit, really really That's fucking hilarious. Uh, good things about it too. Oh my god! All right, well, sorry, Sabrina. There goes my money. Um, <coughs> Ori's number one. Yep. Um, 
I need to know now, Josh, you've played the first and beaten the first. Mm-hmm. And Austin, you've never played either. Nope. So you have no clue how much this game means to me, dude. Um, <laughs> I think I've watched you play it. I think you did watch me play the first and second one. So I will say everything I say about Blind Forest also applies to Will of the Wisps. Um, yes. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, it's going to sound like I'm a broken record when I talk about how it, how the art direction carries the story, story forward, but it does, and when I went into Ori, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. I was just browsing games on Game Pass one day that I could maybe stream. Or no, I actually... I was browsing games to just stream in general, and I wound up buying it on Steam. And um, I bought it because it looks genuinely pretty. Like, I like games in that 2.5D landscape to offer a vibrant color pattern. And that's what I first noticed from Ori and the get-go. Um, and as soon as you start, you're kind of... Uh, it's kind of like in in one of the like more unfortunate parts in the beginning of the game, like you get separated from your family essentially, and you're thrown into this, you know, midnight pitch black environment that has the moonlight cascading through the trees, but you're also this white glowing wisp that's illuminated front and foremost on the screen, and you're going in and out of these tree trunks and crevasses and all the while while you're exploring this 2.5D landscape in front of you in the background the world is ever changing and shifting the wind is blowing, the trees are rattling enemies are crawling in the background but it has this beautiful just absolutely almost heavenly appearance to it like it's it's, it's, it's like a fairy tale like I mean it's just you're following the story of this tiny little wisp essentially and it just takes you to another world and the game is not easy um it is a very challenging playthrough but it does it in all the best ways like if something goes wrong it's your fault <laughs> i mean the game is as polished as it can fucking be and it feels so good to play azori and to explore these landscapes um i think the further you go in the game how it kind of starts in the moonlit forest and then it kind of transcends into this gloomy shade of different greens as you make it into the swamp and the foreground is this kind of vibrant green but the further back you look into that 2.5D landscape you can see these monstrous titan twisting trees that have fog just emanating from in and out of them and these giant purple mushrooms and the world just kind of truly, truly opens up and just shows you what it has hidden behind every corner. And then you you continue to make it even further, and then you start to do a lot of stuff underwater, and here come these dark, rich blues and purples that just pop out, and in the background, the water is actually lighter, as you can see the sunlight, you know, coming down from uh, the heavens above you, but then your area is darker, and you're... Um, you're kind of utilizing the light from Ori and the plants beneath you. The higher you go in the water column, like the brighter it gets, the darker down, the deeper, or the, uh, yeah, the deeper, the darker it gets. And it's just, they do such a good job at telling the story through the landscape. Like even, even if it was like Dark Souls and there was no words at all, you would know what was happening. You would have this feeling of just 
adventure, but adventure with a terrible, terrible cost. Like, there's danger around every corner, and you can tell that from the environments that you're in. But here we go coupling it with the soundtrack that makes you feel like things are serious, but everything is going to be okay, too. It is a great job at storytelling all across the board. It's one of my favorite games of all time, and it's probably my favorite game for art direction ever. Yeah. And that that's not even mentioning uh kind of like the way that like uh I don't I don't even know how you would it's not color grading in the way that we think of like movies, but like when you look at the way that the environments are graded in certain sequences, like just for instance in, in the beginning when you're kind of like seeing all of the stuff that is going on between Ori and uh, I mean I, I guess you could call it Ori's mom it's not really but yeah. you know um, and it's got that golden hue this sort of like warm almost nostalgic kind of color over everything yep. and then as soon as you know the I forget the name of the big owl monster creature thing um but, oh. but after after that happens you know at the beginning of the game uh like everything kind of turns this somber blue and each environment has its own distinct color palette that kind of like goes through the different sorts of emotions that you as the player and I'm sure Ori is supposed to fill within those given times and it just it fucking works man it's a yeah stunning game <clears throat> stunning genuinely one of the best things to come from that's a it's a Microsoft game right uh yes it, or well is it published by um them? I I know Moon Studios does it. I just don't know how. Yeah, I think that uh, Microsoft struck up a po uh, like maybe a publishing deal with them. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure myself. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly how it worked. Yes, published by Microsoft Studios, but uh, developed by okay. Moon. So. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, it is indeed on Game Pass. Yep. So, please go play it if you never have. Yes, please do. Are you me? Uh, yeah, I think you would like it. I probably would. Next. Uh, let's talk about what we've been playing. Woo woo. Woo woo. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock this out real quick because uh, I actually have not uh, been putting as much time into it because. Something else has been uh, hooking me. I played Sea of Stars. Mm -hmm. You what? Uh, I, I've played Sea of Stars. Oh, I thought you said you completed no, it. I'm no, sorry. Not yet. Um, I talked about it a little bit last week, uh, and I, I've played more than what I had then. Um, so first thing that immediately stands out, I, I think uh, you'll see it um, no matter... Uh, whether or not you're just looking at like pictures of it, or if you are, um, you know, booting it up for the first time. But the game is beautiful. It is so fucking pretty. The pixel art here is 
truly divine. Uh, like I, I look at it and I'm just in awe of how fucking stunning it looks. And that even carries down to like the animations, like uh, little stuff like hair kind of fluttering in the wind or moving as, as you're running around. Um, I like the way that the uh, cutscenes are this sort of like, uh, it's sort of anime, but like it's, uh, I I don't want to say it's crudely uh, animated because it's not, but it's like a very like, um, I don't want to get into like animation theory, but there's things where like when you animate on ones, it's where you have a different drawing for every single frame of the thing when you animate on twos it's a uh different drawing every two frames or something like that um and uh this looks like it was kind of like animated on twos so it's a little bit choppier but it's still like got this charm to it um and it looks it looks nice it looks kind of like the it looks actually a lot like the cover art um uh it's not quite as distinct and as uh I don't want to say polished because that's not really the right word, but um, it doesn't fucking matter. Anyway, um, so the game looks great. It has excellent music. Uh, This is from the same uh, composer as um, Chrono Trigger, which this game was heavily inspired by. Um, Great music. Uh, Like there are little themes that get stuck in my head and I'll be humming them like, you know, the rest of the night. Uh, the story I have not played enough of to really get a uh, grasp on whether or not I like it. Um, the reviews I've seen have uh, praised it and also lambasted it, so I really don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. Um, what I have played, I've really enjoyed. Uh, but it's, uh, it, I haven't gotten enough of it to kind of know what it's trying to do or where it's trying to go with what it's, what it's talking about. So, um, the other thing that really stands out is the combat system for this. Uh, I really fucking dig the combat system. It's super intricate. Um, so it is turn-based and the way that it works is you'll have a party. I, if I'm not mistaken, you can get a party of up to four. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think you can get a, a party up to four. Right now I've only had three people in my party the entire time. Um, and basically how it works is each... Uh, each battle takes place in rounds and each round the enemy that you're fighting will have like a number over its head and what that number signifies is how many actions you can take between your characters before the uh, enemy gets to attack and um, so that means that like if you have the three characters and you go into a battle and you're immediately fighting an enemy that has like a one above its head, right? 
you can get off one action with your characters before the enemy will attack. So, like I said, it's, it's kind of turn-based. But you don't necessarily have a set order for your characters. So, in, say, the first round, if you use, like, the ability of Zale um, to get off an attack, you then can move to one of your other two um, party members. Or you could start with the... I'm blanking on her name, but the uh, the female protagonist. Um, you could... Uh, you could use hers uh, first or whatever. And you get to choose the way that you want to... Not only like what actions you want to use, but which character you want, want to use. And since each character has different stats to them, uh, you basically can build out your sort of... Um, what, what's, the, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like how you want to per- perform in the, um, uh, the fight. But on top of that, there's a little system with regards to timing attacks correctly to do extra damage. So, like, if you if you go to perform, like, just a standard attack, you can actually hit a button at the exact right time, and it does uh, an extra attack or um, with, uh, again, I can't remember her name at the moment, but the, the female character... Um, uh, she actually does like more damage or whatever. Then on top of that, you actually have this sort of staggering system where the enemy that you are fighting will have a little like, um, I don't want to call it a bar, but like he'll have like a little, it'll have like a little bar above its head that is like, okay, if you perform these actions before my turn gets around, you'll stagger me and I, I my turn will be null and void. I won't do anything. Uh, and that becomes really interesting when you get into some of the boss fights because the boss fights, they hit hard. The, the first like true boss fight I got into, I died like three or four times before I kind of figured out what was going on. Um, and (laughs) it really, really took me a hot second to realize, um, that there are like, not, 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 this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the stagger. Uh, but like there are also hidden mechanics for the bosses, and then if you are trying to utilize that stagger meter at the same time, it's juggling a lot of different things and it makes the the, the fights feel uh, a lot more tactical than they probably otherwise would. Um, I think it's a lot of fun and it kind of makes everything really, really, like, just consistently, like thrilling like you're always like on the edge of your seat waiting for the next thing to come around but it's also in the back of your mind you've got to make sure that you're doing the correct things at the correct times in order to persevere through some of the battles um i really really wish 
that the game that Austin and I are both going to talk about had not come out uh, because I would be spending a lot more time with this. Um, this is definitely going to be in my top five at the end of the year, uh, maybe even top three. Um, I'm not sure at the moment. I know that I really like it, but there's a game, like I said, that just has its hooks in me that, yeah. So. Damn. I can't wait to get to Sea of Stars at some point this year. Yeah, dude. It's, I, I really, really fucking like it. But. Um, Hell yeah. Cool. It, Austin, you want to talk about Armored Core? Yeah, sure. Uh, mostly because I don't have anything really new to say about Armored Core. Um, you know, I talked about it last week. I finished it and everything. Uh, I said I wasn't going to do New Game Plus anytime soon. That was a fucking lie. Uh, literally the next day I started New Game Plus. Um, there's nothing really new happens. I'm just kind of doing uh, the... So essentially, at different points in the story, you'll get a set of missions where you can only do one or the other. Um, basically choosing which mission to do confirms your alignment with a specific group and it'll take away the option to do um, whichever one you didn't pick. So I'm now doing the opposite and kind of trying to unlock every mission for uh, replay. And uh, also I started diving into online. I expected that to be terrible. I am way better at this game than I had any real understanding of. Uh, I have been giving out L's all fucking day so if you want the smoke and armor core hit me the fuck up i love playing this shit online um this game's a lot of fucking fun man the more i play it the more i i it's i don't know if it's game of the year but it's top three for fucking sure without a doubt hell yeah i can't wait to eventually get to it somewhere Oh, man. Stop coming out with good games. Yeah, seriously. Everyone just take a year off. Slow down. Unity yeah, slow down. is fucking everyone over. So how about everyone just take a year off? You know, just let us play our games. It'll be fine. Everything will That's, be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dylan, do you want to talk about Baldur's Gate 3 or do you want us to talk about Starfield first? Um, I would, but do you mind going first? Cause I'm being summoned real quick. Yes. Summoned. Yes. Not like Hailed. a video game. My fiance is being obnoxious. I'm joking. I'm oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um. Where to even fucking begin? Do you want me to go first? Because I don't have a lot of story to talk I, about. I mean, I don't either, which is probably the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I have 25 hours on this game, and three shit. of which are the story. Holy shit, Austin. <laughs> God damn. Okay. I've been what playing the fuck He said out of 25 hours in Starfield already, and only yep. three hours awesome. of it he's played of the story. The rest has just been me exploring and killing shit and looting. This is just Fallout for me. I'm just having a grand time. I'm just basically just a space pirate at this point, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, I think we'll probably both say this: the story's fine. Um, it's fine. It's nothing special. It's a standard Bethesda story. Um, 
I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I've even completed the first mission. Like I've, I have gotten to New Atlantis. I have met the um, uh, constellation. Constellation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and then I've picked up several quests around New Atlantis, but the rest of my time with it has been pretty much nothing but exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've kind of. I've been one of the things that I have been really thinking about as I go along is what I want my character to be because it's you know it's a role playing game or whatever, and I've got to be totally honest with you that's not something that I have thought about in a Bethesda game uh, since probably Morrowind maybe Oblivion um, you know me and Tony were talking about that earlier where I played Oblivion a lot like I played Morrowind. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm actively thinking about what points I need to put into my my skills. I've been thinking about the things that I want to do uh, with regards to how I want my character to operate in the world. Like I'm actively treating this kind of like I would like a D&D character. And it has opened things up for me vastly. I have literally done nothing but explore because I want to know about like the worlds and I want to, I want to be able to, to use the data that I get obviously to sell for credits to, to then, you know, buy, buy equipment and shit like that. But like, um, literally everything that I'm doing kind of has informed. I, I, I think I'm kind of playing it in a very similar way to, to Austin. I, I don't know if I would call myself a space pirate, but like, I'm very much a, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to do this thing. And if I run into people, I'm going to try to talk my way out of it. And then if I can't talk my way out of it, uh, well, then I'm going to blow a hole in your face. Um, (laughs) And I just, I have just found that to be so much fun. I'm so invested in what I'm doing every single little moment, which Again, like I, I know, I know that I'm in the minority on this, but like I fucking can't stand Skyrim. I can't stand Fallout 4. Nothing about either of those games ever hooked me within the first 5, 10, 15 hours that I played them, right? Um, something here has got me. I don't know if it is the change in setting i don't know if it's the more sort of updated character models i don't know if it's just i don't know if it's just fucking space man like maybe maybe space is just like my fucking thing but whatever it is i am having an absolute fucking blast with this game and that's so wild to me that's so fucking nuts to me um I don't know, Austin. You've played like significantly more than I have. So. <laughs> I mean, essentially doing the same thing as you, dude. I'm just exploring. I'm just trying to find everything that I can and learn about everything in this universe that I can. Um, like I said, I've been playing more or less like a space pirate. Like if I if I see you flying around, dog, and you don't have a UC uh, fucking call sign attached to you, you're going down. You're dead. I'm coming after all your shit. Fuck you up. Uh, And that's how I've been making all of my money is just fucking bounties. 
Um, this, I mean, I was not interested in this game at all, mm. uh, up to release, not even remotely because I, I'm like, uh, you know, it's on game pass. I'll play it day one. Sure. But I'm, I'm not like going because I, I, I more or less, I don't know what I expected it to be. I think I, in a lot of those early trailers, like it, it gave me very much No Man's Sky vibes. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, I think that game's boring as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I couldn't necessarily tell you why that game is just not for me. But this, this is just Fallout in space. And that's all it needed to be for me. Um, and that's really all I could say, man. I can't talk about the story a whole lot. Because I think I'm maybe like a little bit farther than you but again only maybe by three or four hours yeah uh all of it has just been exploring and pillaging and kind of making this character the way i want them to be and it's it's so much more fun than than i imagined i did not think this year was going to be anywhere near as good uh for me as far as game releases go but this year has been fucking awesome so far and there's still months to go. We have three more months left. Yeah, and there's still shit I haven't played from like the beginning of the year. <laughs> like, yeah, same. I still haven't. I have not touched Street Fighter Six yet. Holy shit! I fucking uh, I I want to try to finish Hi-Fi Rush before the end of the year eventually. Yeah. I don't know if that's gonna fucking happen. Uh, Cassette Beast is another indie from this year. I want to mm-hmm. fucking get yep. done. But fuck, I don't know, dude. I don't. I just don't know that that's gonna happen. Yep. That's the only reason why I haven't played Baldur's Gate three yet. I want to so bad, but I know it'll fuck the rest of my year. Yeah, I I'm right there with you. Um, I I do want to. I I think maybe temper some expectations about people who have not given a Starfield or haven't given it a uh, thing yet. Um, it is flawed. There are oh, very. there are things in here that I absolutely do not like. I fucking hate that there aren't maps in cities. That's the stupidest. It's the stupidest. Shit. Yeah, fucking shit it's here. very frustrating. Why do you give me some staticky fucking meshed out landscape and expect me to know what the yeah. fuck is happening? Yeah, like, that's that's a terrible design and I, choice. On a game with a thousand planets, suck my dick, dude. Give me something to fucking tell me. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think that maybe part of the reason is because there are like a thousand planets. And, and a lot of them... Then don't put a thousand planets yeah, in the well, game. Well, yeah. I mean, I was going to say a lot of them are, are procedurally generated, which, you know, if, if that's the case, how do you build a map for that? Procedurally generated but like, map. I, to your point, like, you don't need a, a, a thousand planets. You don't. You, you no. just don't need it. Um which I think may be where I start to fall off, maybe. Uh, like, if, if the story doesn't grab me after after I, I've had my fill of, like, exploring, um, then I'll probably put it down because The Witcher 3 is, is the big one that I always point to where I never finish that game because there's just so much shit to do. Um, and so with a thousand fucking planets, like, I... I fucking know mm-hmm. but like um yeah no maps big one um i actually so i remember talking about this in the discord and kind of thinking it was stupid uh 
I kind of understand the um, argument now that was in that IGN review about like how everything is kind of a fast travel system. I do kind of wish that not necessarily that you could go from like planet to planet, like interstellar travel, but I do kind of wish that like I could get in my ship and then actually take off into space as opposed to having like a, like a, a cut scene. Um, Mm-hmm. Or 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 vice versa. Like if I'm if I'm in space and coming down into the planet, I kind of like I think it would be cool to just kind of pilot myself down into the planet and then and then bam, I'm there. You know, um, I think I understand. I'm why. genuinely shocked. You guys don't like No Man's Sky. <laughs> I I okay. Here's my thing about No Man's Sky. It's fucking boring. <laughs> like. I feel like every time, because I, I I played maybe like five ish hours of it, everything was the exact fucking same on every single planet that I landed on, except it was a different color. Like, yeah, I gotta ask. I mean, how long ago? I, I mean, it was it was near launch. It was maybe it was All maybe right. like six it's months after launch game. or something like that. It's such a different game, but I feel like if now you went back to play it, you'd be so fucking overwhelmed you wouldn't know what yeah, to do. Yeah, probably. I, I know that it has changed drastically. Um, yeah, because everything that you guys are preaching about, like how good it is in Starfield, it's the same thing in No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah. Except for the questing system. It's like, I don't mm-hmm. fucking care about doing quests. I just want to go explore and find shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I need to give No Man's Sky another shot. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's well, been. Do it far away from Starfield. That's a good point. Yeah, don't. That's a good point. Play that next year. I'm not gonna do that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, I th- like I said, there are problems uh, for sure, but I'm I don't know. I'm having a fucking blast with it. So. Hmm. Game of the year. Yep, flawed but great. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's take a step back. All right, let's talk about probably the actual game of the year, Dylan. Um, so I knew that going into Baldur's Gate 3 that it was not going to be my traditional cup of tea. Um, if you listen to a lot of the games that I've played in the past few years that we've been doing this, they're more action-based um, it's kind of like action in your face games that I like to play. And Baldur's Gate 3 is about as far from that as you can possibly be. So, again, going into this, I knew it, I was going to have to overcome a lot to even try to enjoy this game. Um, and that's kind of where my story begins. Um, I started my playthrough and I spent about th- uh, probably 30 minutes making my character. Um, I went with a dragonborn rogue and I specialize in assassin- assassination. Um, I went through like a lot of the options for which race to play as and even beyond that, like the sub races for those uh, um, different races. Uh, but ultimately, I really dig the aesthetic of the dragonborns. Um, the more I play games, the more I'm just wondering if I'm a furry without knowing it. Because I always go for the for the non-human based shits. It usually has fur scales. I'm starting to question myself, and then Sabrina's also gaslighting me about that, so I don't appreciate that. Um, now I'm gonna gaslight you about it. Yeah, that's fine. Have you ever been to BadDragon.com? 
Okay. Moving on. <sighs> Moving um, on. <laughs> so my Dragonborn has uh, it's it's like a black and purplish scale tone. Yep. And um, has got glowing purple eyes, and he stands taller than I think any other NPC that I've met thus far in the game. Um, and after I play my character, the story begins. Um, as the story began, I too began making choices. <laughs> and like I said, this game, I knew it was going to be slow, but I'm starting up the game and it's skill check after skill check. It's a, ro <clears throat> a roll of the dice to determine whether or not I'm any good as a person. Um, it immediately takes me out of like the fast-paced environment that I'm so accustomed to, and it literally tosses me into some fucking molasses. Um, it's slow. It's very slow. The the combat and everything. Oh. Everything in the game is slow, and I love every single second of it because I have so much time to take in the situations that are happening both in and outside of battle I have time to strategize while I'm being shanked you know waiting in line for six other enemies to come through and do their deeds to me um but especially like dialogue checks too this is the D&D &D aspect of the game that I heard so much about and it is intoxicating um I want nothing more than to explore my options and delve into who my character is through the choices that I'm able to make um I'm playing my character, my rogue specifically, as like a headstrong, physically imposing personality just because he is a dragonborn. Um, he doesn't back down in the face of adversity, but he's also calm and rational. He takes time to observe and, you know, take in his surroundings and make the appropriate choices before rushing headlong into a battle or like unwittingly antagonizing 20 enemies. Um, I, I want to be no I am who I want to be in the game like it gives me that freedom I don't shy away from the bad results either I think that doing so I think I need to embrace it to see how it impacts my experience and it's like adrenaline pumping feeling of hitting a critical success and then there's the gut wrenching fear of what happens if you hit a cr critical failure um, and I've made myself live for the accomplishments and you know face the failures and it has made the game so invigorating it's like a breath of fresh air and all of this coincides with companions i i don't want to delve into the story because i believe everyone it's still a new game i think everyone needs to experience that for themselves um i tried to find out as little about it as i could before i went into it other than the fact that i knew i wanted to play it from you know, aesthetics and just uh, good feedback from a lot of peers that I trust. Um, so I tried to find out a little about uh, about the story as I possibly could, and I encourage others to do that as well. Um, but I will talk about the companions that join you along the way because they really drive the experience forward for me. Um, you all share a similar link, like something happens early in the game, and you share this link, um, but at the same time, you're all vastly different from from different parts of the world, different races, essentially. Um, some of the companions that will eventually join you along the way, they don't even really get along. 
Um, and that kind of makes the group dynamics completely interesting at any given moment. Um, the further you go in the story, the more companions that you can pick up. And then uh, you, you will get to a point where you will pick up more than you can have on your party. So they go back to the camp that you can travel back and forth to whenever you want. You can alter your party however you need to. It gives you a chance to rest and restore experience. It doesn't feel monotonous. It feels perfectly placed. Um, it's very convenient. And I love swapping out a lot of the companions that I have found along the way because they make the experience of the game completely different depending on where you are or who they're traveling with. The game feels so astronomically dynamic in the sense that you I don't know what's going to happen. I truly do not. And as the further I go, the, f the more that I'm starting to have favorite companions. I thought I was going to be playing this with no one in my party just because I was going to just solo it. But as I began to meet these personalities, it's like, oh shit, like I really want you know him or her in my party. They, they add something. They add a level of communication and charisma, um, battle aid. They add so much to you, um, or to your experience, I guess. So I'm excited to keep playing and kind of see how the dynamic changes with any of the ones that I uh, eventually get or the ones that I put on the bench, but I'm just enjoying it and getting to enjoy the experience of traveling through the world together with them and that's kind of w grouping into what we talked about today i mean art direction is kind of the topic at hand and this game was almost put on my list tonight it looks um, stunning i didn't it's phenomenal and i did not want recency bias to play any part of my decision so i left it off but I will say this game is stunning and intoxicating. Um, recently, I've not spoken so fondly of Starfield, whether it be on the show or in the Discord. Um, and playing Baldur's Gate 3 has helped me understand why. Um, it's the same reason why I gravitate towards Skyrim, but I just like <coughs> Fallout. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's high fantasy. And it's always been that way for me, I think. I have an easier time playing games taking place with orcs and elves rather than humans with guns. That's just what I've come to learn about myself. And Baldur's Gate has helped me understand that better than ever, and I love it. I feel at home in this. I feel like the world is so meticulously well-crafted and beautifully put together with this art direction that just, in, just embodies fantasy. And it, it drives me to explore everything at a slow pace. I don't give a fuck how long I'm putting in this game or how long it takes me to, from, to get to point A to B. I don't fucking care. I want to talk to everyone, do everything. This is a Dungeons & Dragons experience that I want to have, but I can't because my life is too busy for this. This I've never played Dungeons and Dragons truly, but I've always been interested in the lore and the concepts. And getting to play this, whether it be by myself or co-op with friends at some point, it's something that is alive. It's it's so much more than a game where you make a basic choice. The game is weighed literally in front of you as it's happening. It's It's unlike anything I've ever played, and I think it has helped me realize where I'm at in my life as a gamer. And it's that I kind of need to slow down a little bit. Like, when I look at how I play Stardew, I've played the game a hundred times, but it's the pace that's always the same. 
Like, I know what's coming. I know I'm going to take it slow and be a farmer and, you know, build up my farm. And I have X, Y, and Z that I do. And it's not a fast-paced life. It's why I like Persona so much. Persona, and it's th I'm getting to what I'm trying to say is turn-based games are becoming more appealing to me. And I've found that with Persona 5 and uh, Cyber Sleuth this year. I think I'm starting to, I mean, I'm just getting older. My, my, uh, my likes in video games are changing, and Baldur's Gate 3 helped me find what I truly love out of video games. I have praised a lot of games this year, and I'm not just trying to jump on the hype train with this, because it's genuinely not my cup of tea. But I feel like this is a world that I'm going to come back to for thousands of hours Hell because yeah. I can make different decisions. I can role play who I want to role play as. This is a true RPG. I feel like I am in control with fate either with me or against me and if it's against me then we'll fucking handle it. It's just a game that gives me the control to do it at the pace that I want to do it to invite me to see a world like I've never seen before and just take my time with it. I don't feel rushed. I don't feel like I need to go a thousand different places to see a thousand different things. It's an open linear experience in a way. Like the map is massive so far that I can tell, but I never feel overwhelmed. I feel invited to look around every corner or go through hidden doors or just see what's next. I have not felt a level of intoxication like this since I played World of Warcraft for the first time. And I'm so very excited to see where it goes from here because this was an experience that I did not know that I wanted, but it's one that I'm so glad that I have right now. Hell yeah. Um, are you playing it on PC or PS5? Uh, PS5. Oh. PS5 and it runs well. How how does the uh, how are the controls? Controls. Um, once you realize that it's you have as much time as you need to, it's it's not overwhelming. Um, they're like your attacks are tied to L1, so you bring up a wheel with L1, and then you can use your left stick to kind of find on the radial what you want to do, whether it be a main hand attack, ranged attack, stealth based attack. It's there's no pressure to make a decision because combat is happening right then, right there. Mm -hmm. You can play it like a game of chess and you can decide exactly what you do want to do when you want to do it with who you want to do it, where you want to move to. So long as your movement um, allows for it. And then in the, in the actual overworld itself, like you can interact with goddamn everything and much like the same way, you'll go up to it and click it and there will be a dialogue and the narrator will read out how you approach it and then you get to decide what you do from there with the skill check or something. It's just so much fun and I'm so glad that it's a new experience for me because I think this is what I've needed and I think it's a footing to go play some of the uh, tactics games that I've always avoided because I've been, I've been opposed to slower paced games like that. So I, I'm I'm very excited for the doors that this this opens up for the future. Hell yeah, cool. Well, that's uh, that's fucking awesome. Um, also, yeah. There's no if I if I continue with this, 
and I don't get burned out or life doesn't fuck me over, there's no way it's not my game of the year. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that's why I'm scared to play it because. Yep. I'm. <laughs> I am scared because Pokemon DLC came out today. I don't even fucking care. I got Assassin's Creed Mirage coming out in a month. I don't fucking care. I got Detective Pikachu coming out. I got Forza coming out. Lies of P is coming out. I don't fucking care. Spider-Man 2 is coming out. I don't fucking care. I just want to play Baldur's Gate. Yep. It is not good. Yep. Put it on a shirt. Put it on a shirt. Jesus. You made me want to play it more, honestly. I knew earlier when you were like, yeah, I've been watching a lot of videos today. I was like, mm, by the end of this show, I'm not going to make it any better. No. No, you definitely didn't. Nope. And I'll say it again. It's co-op. Is it is it co-op, like, cross-play also? Or is it uh, strictly, like, um, like, PS5 plays with PS5? and That I don't know. Um, that being said, I know he'll get it on PS5, so I don't have to worry. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right, um, I would. And apparently, like, even though you're in the games together, the world, the stories that you're playing are still very much your own. Decisions are your own, I think. So it's it's kind of fucking cool, man. And camera style threw me off a little at first, but I got used to it because I can either play it like I'm straight down like Diablo or I can put it behind my back like I'm Geralt from The Witcher. So I love it. Cool. Awesome. Uh, well, I guess uh, let's get to our picks of the week and we'll get out of here. Uh, my pick of the week is a video called Is Nope a Western uh, from the channel Film... J- like uh, like like the movie that just came out? Uh, nope. Called yeah, Nope? The one from uh, last year. Is it a Western? Yeah, huh? it's uh, so it's it's really interesting. It, it breaks down a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of different things. It talks kind of about like, the, kind of like about the joys of filmmaking, uh, but it talks about a lot of the influences of Nope, and it kind of talks about how Nope can definitely fit within the um, the sort of trappings that we usually associate with the Western in terms of like. Um, themes and story and you know stuff like that um, it's a really good video uh, movies with Mikey uh, I always thought was its own channel but uh, turns out it's part of film joy and movies with Mikey is always uh, great it's always a great time so um, plus nope is fucking awesome and uh, I feel like this video totally vindicated my uh, love of that movie so Hell yeah. Uh, my pick of the week this week is a song called Set Your Sails by Aurora. Uh, this came from the soundtrack for Netflix's One Piece. Uh, the song is basically inspired uh, by Nami's uh, backstory, and it's very, very good. Very, very fucking good. I've listened to it all day, and when I say that, I mean literally all day. Well, shit. Uh, what did I choose? Oh! I chose a little song remix. A uh, song is Starboy by The Weeknd, but it's remixed by good old Daft Punk, and it's fucking great. Because I love me some Weeknd, but bef- even more than that, I love Daft Punk, and they make this song even more enjoyable. So check her out. Are you a motherfucking Starboy? I am such a motherfucking Starboy. <laughs> and all of these blinding lights. Oh, uh, blinding lights. That's a fucking. 
That song's so killer. It's a, it's a bop. You know that that's the uh, that's the drums from Take on Me, right? In that song. I did not yep. know that. <laughs> Sampling the drums from Take on Me. Well, weekend is still better. Than uh, that. I'm joking. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, as always, you can find us on social media for all things culture, Bob Hunting, Pickles, and the Culture Bob family of content. You can find Culture Bob. Uh, on Instagram at culture underscore bop and on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash culture bop and of course on Twitch just search culture bop uh, and then if you ever feel so inclined you can catch me on the Twitters at the bebopman182 and on Instagram at bebopman182 and last but not least if you uh, like what you hear here and you're looking to uh, sapizzle this pod kizzle uh, or any of the endeavors yes. that we're undertaking at Culture Bop, then go to patreon.com slash culture and toss us a pledge. Uh, we got some cool perks over there and uh, we're actually going to be wrapping up the um, Patreon tournament uh, very soon. We started... Uh, round five today for the voting um, and uh, let's see when will voting will close on this on at the end of the 15th uh, at 11.59 p.m. and we'll be on to our next uh, round so um, right now I'm looking at it and it looks like it's going to end up being control. It's a tie versus Zelda. So that's a. I just put my votes in, and now it's fifty-fifty each. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. If you don't vote for New Vegas, you little slut. Well, of course he's going to vote for New Vegas. Um. Okay. Well, that means who will not have voted. Let me check this real quick. Justin. Oh, of course, the little. Mm, so Justin mm, will probably be the deciding mm. vote on both of those. <laughs> Good, that's yeah. fair. Oh boy, well yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. The, so that that'll be wrapping up. Uh, by the end of the month and whatever wins will be something that I will have to uh, play in a hot tub on Twitch. That's exactly what I said. Yep. 100%. Almost verbatim. Those, those were the words that yep. came out of my mouth. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. Go check it out. It's fun stuff. Um, and uh, yeah. Cool. I think that's it. So, uh, yeah, until next time. Good.